as we near the end of 2022. This time is a gift from God for us to evaluate, to reconsider, to think. And so together, let's read Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We've already read this passage, right? And, but I want to really focus in on it because this is the perfect New Year's passage. Notice that the author of Hebrews, what does he say, guys? He says, let us also. What does that mean? Let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Specifically this word, also. What's the importance of that word? What does it tell us? They also struggled. They also struggled. Right? Because the context of Hebrews 12 is Hebrews 11. The hall of faith. All the people of the faith. And what we see is that they also had weights and sins which clung so closely to them. Guys, here's the reality. The people... The great people of faith that we read about and we learn in Scripture, they also struggled. They weren't these perfect people that never had any problems. Right? We read about David and Goliath. We read about Moses parting the Red Sea by faith. We read about all these amazing miracles of the Bible. And in a way, we can be discouraged, can't we? When we read about Wow, how did David have the courage to stand up against Goliath? In a way, we could feel like we are the Goliath. And our temptations are the David. Our phone is the small little David. And I'm the Goliath that lies fallen and slain by David. Guys, but it's very clear in the Bible that both Moses and David and the other great people of faith that we read about, they also had weights and sins. They were people just like us, guys. And if I don't tell you this, then I'm not being honest with you. Second Peter 1, 1 says, to those, he's writing just to Christians, he says, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. This is a, the holy apostle Peter, Jesus' right-hand man. He's writing to just average Christians saying, to you saints who have, have obtained, has received a faith of equal standing. You have the same faith that the holy apostle Peter had. Equal standing, not second class, third class, fourth class, but first class with Peter and all the other apostles. James 5, 7, a very similar verse says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That great prophet that did these amazing works and miracles in the name of the Lord in the Old Testament, he had the same nature, just like ours. 
And so the people that we read about and that we see in Hebrews 11, they are not a special breed of Christians. Guys, this is what I want to tell you. This is the point I want to get across. They are not a special breed of Christians. They had a nature just like ours. And when you realize that you are not the only one that has struggled, right? That it's not just you and your friends that struggle, but that the great people of faith also struggle. It encourages us because we realize we're in good company. We are just like them. Guys, everyone struggles, whether it be Abraham lying about the fact that Sarah is his wife, or David committing adultery and then committing murder to hide his previous sins, or Elijah complaining to God that he's the only one left, or the Apostle Peter acting hypocritically, not before Jesus was raised from the dead, but long after Jesus was raised from the dead, if you read in Galatians. He acted hypocritically in front of the Jews, and Paul had to call him out on that. All of them struggled. They were all people. They all had weights and sins. So don't think that you have some kind of special sins that are not overcomable even by God's power. Don't think, guys, that you've demoted yourself to the status of a second-class Christian and, and you're stuck and you're never going to be able to truly live a faithful life for God. Don't think that God is going to just save you barely, like He's going to sneak you into heaven through the back door. Guys, don't think that. That's what the enemy wants you to think. We all have weights. We all have sins. They had weights. They had sins. The next phrase I want to look at is, it says, which clings so closely. Which every weight and sin which clings so closely. I, I love this specific phrase because it gives us a very clear, a very vivid, a colorful picture, right? It gives us something that we can feel. Meaning, the weight and the sin that's in our life, that's in your life, in my life, it's not just some distant thing that's easy to get rid of, right? Oh yeah, keep it, take it away. No, it clings closely. Amen? Guys, let's be honest. It clings closely. It's not something we want to get rid of. It's not something we want to let go of. It is very real. And it was very real for the people of faith. The temptations that they experienced we're also very tempting, guys. That's the reality. I can only imagine how scared Abraham was for his life when he was going into Egypt and he told Sarah, Hey, Sarah, if anyone asks, you're not my wife. I can only imagine the stories that Abraham heard of people getting murdered because of their beautiful wives. Maybe he knew people. Maybe he had friends who lost their life. Because some guy wanted his beautiful wife. That's real. I wouldn't want to lose my life. Hey, just, just a little lie, right? A little lie seems like a, a good trade, right? For keeping your life. But that was Abraham. That was the reality of Abraham, guys. I can only imagine 
how frustrated Moses was when the people kept grumbling and grumbling and grumbling. And when God told him to speak to the rock in his anger and frustration at these people, he struck the rock in his anger. And because of that, God did not allow him to enter into the promised land. It was real. It clung closely. I can only imagine how discouraged Elijah was sitting there under that tree complaining to God, God, everyone left you. What happened to your holy people? We were supposed to show you to the world and we have all, everyone except for me, turned away from you. God, I'm the last Christian, the last true believer left. Everyone else is a liar, a hypocrite, and an idolater. God, just strike me down. I'm so depressed. It was real. It was real for him. I can only imagine how drunk David was, not on wine, but on that pride, on that military success that he felt when he was on the roof looking at Bathsheba. You guys realize in the context, right before he does that, all it talks about is his successes and how he overcomes this kingdom, this kingdom, that kingdom, this kingdom. And I can imagine how he got on that roof and he just so full of pride. Instead of giving God the glory, he looks down and he thinks, wow, I did so much good for this nation of Israel. It was nothing before I came about and here I have exalted it as the most powerful nation in the region, in the world. What is this little thing? Why should I not take this little thing for myself? And I can only imagine how afraid he was to have people find out that murdering a faithful soldier, a faithful man in his army, seemed like a good option afraid he was of being exposed. Guys, I know that our sin it can feel so real. Can't it? It's close. It sits there. The Bible knows that, guys. And this is all the more reason to fight. And this is why the Word of God says lay aside also every weight and sin. It feels real. The great people of faith struggled and it felt really real to them. But despite how real it felt to them, guys, they were able to run the race faithfully. It's still possible to bring glory to God. They were able to cast aside the weight, to cast aside the sin, and to run after Jesus. First of all, it says sin. Let's think about that. We all know what the sins in our life are, don't we? We know what they are. You know what, you, what it is. And the Bible tells us, guys, lay them aside. Leave your sins. Guys, repent. If you're just living in sin and you have not left it aside, if you have not cast it aside but you like it and you want to keep it, guys, you will perish with that sin. It's that stone that will drown you and bring you down to the bottom of the sea. You can't float to the top and hold on to your sin. You have to let it go or it will kill you. 
Leave it at the foot of the cross and you will receive that forgiveness. The other category we see is the weight. And these things are harder to leave, I would argue, than even sins, right? Because a weight could be something that's not even particularly bad. It could even be something that's good, so to speak. But it slows us down in our race of faith. That's why it might even be hard, because it's not a sin, right? It's not a sin. So why shouldn't I do this thing? It's not a sin, right? That's the logic. We do that all the time, right? Why get rid of something good if it's not a sin? And guys, there's a million things in this life that are not sins, but they weigh us down. They hold us back from running after Jesus, the one who matters most. They separate us. They distract us. Oh, may the Lord. May the Lord Himself give every single one of us, guys, the strength to do what is right, to cast aside the weights which cling so closely, to say no to the good things so that we can run after greater things, the greatest things. All right, guys, I remember we did a multi-day backpacking trip uh, with our youth when I was in the youth, right? And... This was like a five, six day trip, backpacking. Meaning there's no cars there, no one brings your stuff. You need to bring literally in your backpack everything that your physical body needs, right? So just whatever it is your physical body needs, you need to bring it there. Food, there's a river, so you need water you don't need to worry about, maybe a little bit for the hike. All kinds of paper, right? Useful paper. So you bring everything that you need for five days. And we knew that because a lot of people never went backpacking, there would be problems with overpacking. So we stood there at church with scales and we were weighing everybody's bags, right? Again, you're hiking a long while, right? Miles and miles and miles. Every pound makes a difference. We're checking people's ways, like, hey, you bring a little too much, a little too much. This is heavy. And we weigh this one girl's bag. And it's way overweight. We're like, okay, this is weird. We pop it open. Inside we find three cans of hairspray, okay? Three cans of hairspray. Guys, it was hilarious. We still have a photo of us holding the hairspray with the girl and the backpack. On such a difficult journey, and it was the hardest hike I've ever been to. You don't want to just get rid of bad things, right? A bad thing during a hike would be like a pack of cigarettes, right? You're taking a pack of cigarettes and you're hiking this really difficult hike and you're just smoking a pack of cigarettes. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do to yourself, right? It's horrible. Like, not only are you straining yourself, you're just destroying your lungs, right? You're making it extremely difficult. But it's not just the bad things that you need to get rid of. It's the good things that are going to slow you down. Slow you down for your ultimate purpose. Because it's possible to overpack with good things. So much so that you never actually make it to the end. You just won't make it to the end, guys. 
If life is a race, if life is a long backpacking trip, if life is a marathon, then in order to maximize our chances of making it, guys, of actually finishing, not theoretically, but actually crossing the finish line. Guys, do you are you in this race to actually finish? Or are you thinking, ah, maybe I'll finish? Are you dead set on heaven? Or is it just maybe an option in your mind? I want to tell you right away, guys, if it's maybe an option in your mind, you're not going to heaven right now. You're not going. You haven't made peace with God. You haven't been changed on the inside. You haven't let go of your sins and your weights. And you'll never make it to the end. And I want you to make it to the end, guys, of actually finishing. If we're going to actually finish, then we need to take a long, hard look at our life and reevaluate. What's in my backpack? What's in my life? Guys, the Word of God says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We are told to run with endurance, not a sprint. Endurance in for the long run. This is intentional. This is diligent. This is persistent running. Why? Because the Christian life is not just a box that you check for God. Oh, well, I got baptized. Well, I read my Bible this morning. I prayed. No, guys, the Christian life is a journey of a thousand miles. And every little thing in your life plays a role. Every little thing weighs you down. Guys, if heaven is our home, if that's our end destination, if life is a race, specifically if life is a marathon which requires lots and lots of endurance, and if we actually believe these things, guys, do you actually believe this? Guys, do you believe this? Do you believe it? Then we need to reevaluate. What's in my backpack? What's in my life? If you don't see life as a marathon, then you can pack whatever you want, guys. Pack as much or as little as you want. But do not be surprised when you show up to the place where you do not want to be and there's no way to return from there. Do not be surprised. And do not say that you were not warned. You were warned. New Year's is this perfect time for self-reflection. Guys, this time is God's gift for you to think about your life. What are the sins that I need to repent of? What are the weights that I need to lay aside? What are the things that are dragging me down? They might be good things, but they're dragging me down. What are the things that are wasting your time? What are the things that cling so closely? No, they're not easy to give up. They're not easy. What are the things that keep your mind distracted and not focused on the things that truly matter? Guys, absolutely everything that we pack into our bag has to be done in light 
of our end destination. Guys, you have to pack with your destination in mind. Not the next five feet, not the next mile, but the very end. So guys, let's take a few moments right now to pray, to think to ourselves. Guys, and after this, we'll announce, we'll get into groups, we'll pray together, but we're probably gonna just go into the new year praying, whether individually or in groups. But guys, I just wanna encourage you. What God is preparing for us, the glory, the joy, the of everlasting life that he is preparing for us, the heavenly home that Jesus says he himself went to prepare for us, that heavenly home, the presence of God himself, it is so worth it. Guys, it is totally worth laying everything down, not just sins, but the good things in life in order for us to be there. And to be with the Lord. It's worth our entire life. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 16.25. Whoever would save his life. Will lose it. But whoever loses his life. For my sake will find it. So let's take some time. In quiet reflection. To ask ourselves. What do I need to lay aside? What weight? What sin?